Welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I'm Dr. Holly Thacker, your host and author. And today's chapter eight is on sleep difficulties and sleep disorders. Sleep is one of the body's basic needs. It restores and preserves our health. Too little sleep puts us at risk for health problems, such as high blood pressure, obesity, and heart disease. And when we're sleep-deprived, our immunity to sickness declines and our tolerance for stress plummets. When we don't have a well-rested body and mind, every aspect of our waking day is affected. Yet statistics show that as many as 70% of Americans are sleep-deprived. Of course, some of those exhausted Americans are women in midlife. In fact, according to the National Sleep Foundation, women who report the most sleep problems are those in perimenopause through postmenopause years. Symptoms can include hot flashes, mood disorders, insomnia, and sleep-disordered breathing. Such sleep problems are often accompanied by depression and anxiety. Many women don't realize just how important their sleep is, so they put it at the bottom of their ever non-ending to-do list. We want to squeeze every hour out of the day, and we cram our schedules with professional, social, and family activities, sometimes not leaving enough time to relax and get to bed on time. But sleep is when the body renews and recharges itself with energy and strength for the next day. Take Lawanda, for instance. Lawanda was so tired that she almost fell asleep at the wheel driving home. The night sweats that drenched her bed and the hot flashes that jolted her from sleep have all taken their toll. She's gained weight since her period stopped and the snoring has gotten louder. She didn't even recognize this correlation because she's been so busy and exhausted. It wasn't until I asked her about her specific sleep patterns that she realized there might be a relationship between menopause, fatigue, weight gain, and sleep problems. Lawanda had both menopause-related sleep disorder from hot flashes, which were well-controlled on hormone therapy, as well as she had a primary sleep disorder, obstructive sleep apnea syndrome. After being fitted for a nasal CPAP device, a small portable electronic device that gives continuous positive pressure to keep the upper airway open, her snoring stopped, her sleeping improved, and with a combination of hormone therapy, her disruptive hot flashes and drenching night sweats stopped. In her case, I selected oral natural progesterone in the form of Prometrium, which is a micronized progesterone mixed in peanut oil. Natural progesterone is a mild respiratory stimulant and in many women causes mild sedation because natural progesterone is converted into a natural sedative hypnotic allopregnenolone. When I saw Lawanda back in the office two months later, she had dropped 10 pounds, she felt more energetic, and she wasn't having trouble remembering things. She told me on a recent business trip when she was at the airport, she'd noticed three other people checking in their small portable CPAP machines. I tell you, I probably diagnose sleep apnea at least once or twice a week. And there's lots of other treatments uh, besides the nasal CPAP, which has increasingly gotten uh, better and more effective and tolerated. 
sleep problems. When your head finally hits that pillow at the end of the day, your mind is probably still racing and your inner dialogue may sound something like this. Oh, I'm so tired. Why can't I relax? I've got to get to sleep. I've got a million things to do tomorrow. Oh, I've got to finish that report. I've got to get my mother to her doctor's appointment. Oh, shoot. I can't remember. Mm. Does Jesse need a ride home after soccer practice? I just can't keep up. I'm just not feeling right these days. Oh, I sure hope I don't have hot flashes tonight. If you're having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, you might have a problem that needs medical attention. During midlife, it's important to sort out whether the sleep problem is related to menopausal symptoms or if it's a primary sleep disorder, which is a condition that causes sleep problems but has nothing to do with menopause. Or you might be like a lot of my patients and have both. So, is menopause causing my sleep problems? Well, menopause itself per se doesn't cause difficulty sleeping, but the symptoms of menopause certainly can. As we've discussed, hot flashes occur more frequently at night, which can cause interrupted sleep and then subsequent tiredness the next day. In addition, our daily stresses and concerns with the physical changes we're experiencing tend to just turn on when the lights go off. Many times our minds go into overdrive and we ruminate. Menopause-related anxiety, depression, and mood swings can keep thoughts churning long past bedtime. For some women, the physical and psychological changes they experience during menopause years can feel like a bad dream that won't go away. Here's a helpful note. Although we can't treat sleep problems with hormone therapy, we can use it to treat menopausal symptoms that deprive you of the rest you need. Often, restoring hormonal balance with low-dose hormone therapy can help you get a good night's sleep. And certainly women who prefer not to take hormone therapy or who cannot take hormone therapy can have alternative options. But if the cause of the sleep disturbance is menopause, the sleep problem is best treated with hormone therapy. Alternatively, uh, antidepressants like desvenlafaxine Pristique can be used to help improve sleep. And we are looking forward to having the candy neuron antagonists on the market soon, specifically addressing the problem at the brain thermostat level. And if you have a primary sleep problem, there are excellent treatments available. But before you can rest easy, you and your physician will need to figure out whether your symptoms are related to menopause or a primary sleep disorder or both. Whether related to menopause or not, sleep problems show up in a number of different ways. It can be trouble falling asleep, difficulty staying asleep, waking up too early and just being unable to get back to sleep, finding it very hard to wake up on time, being tired throughout the day, or sleeping too much. So what can I do about it? If you're experiencing one or more of these difficulties and you're in midlife, your sleep problems could be an indication of menopause. Hot flashes and night sweats. Depending on how severe your hot flashes are, you might benefit from some alternative remedies that we discussed in Chapter 7 or hormone therapy. Here are some tips to try to stay cool at night. Wear loose, comfortable clothing to bed. Keep your bedroom cool about 65 degrees and well ventilated. Avoid taking hot showers or hot baths before bed. Sleep with your socks on to help regulate the body temperature. Only use your bed 
for sleep or sex. Try to turn off bright lights, computer screens, cell phones for a few hours before bedtime. Physical discomforts. Menopause can set you up for a poor night's sleep because of hot flashes, itchy dry skin, dry irritated vagina, joint pain, any kind of physical irritation that's bothering you. If you had a pounding headache, you'd probably take a pain reliever or migraine medication to treat it. So why would you treat menopausal symptoms? Why wouldn't you treat them so that you can get some good rest? Use the various treatments discussed throughout this book to discuss with your physician to see if they're right for you to care for your symptoms. In my experience of practicing menopausal medicine for several decades, one of the reasons I see women stay on hormone therapy the longest is because of the dramatic difference in improvement in sleep. So what about mood swings, depression, or anxiety? Well, there's lots of natural ways to improve your mood. Eating right, exercising regularly, practicing relaxation techniques to restore balance. You can also try B-complex vitamins, balanced B50 to help boost mood because it can restore elements in different aspects of brain chemistry. If you remain depressed or anxious for more than two weeks, it's very important to see a physician. Only a physician can properly determine whether your case calls for therapy, a prescription medicine or cognitive behavioral therapy, or other treatments to treat your mood disorder. Stress. Most of us don't have a quote off button that allows us to erase the day's stressors when we retire to bed. Instead, thoughts of family, work, personal affairs can churn in our heads as soon as we turn off the lights. We might lie in bed and worry and think. So relaxation techniques are a very important part of slowing down at the end of the day. Establish a nice bedtime ritual, like taking a warm bath, reading a favorite relaxing book, or writing in a journal to set the mood for sleep. Consider the entire hour before bedtime as your time. Is bedtime the right time for your medicine? Well, I advise many of my patients to take their hormone therapy medicines at night. It makes sense because the dose lasts through their sleeping hours, making it less likely that menopausal symptoms, including hot flashes, will wake them. Now, if you're only on oral estrogen, oral estrogen has a very short half-life and it must be dosed at least twice a day. And if you're on any form of natural progesterone orally, it must be taken before bedtime because it can have a side effect of sleepiness. Fast fact, some women find that taking a magnesium supplement at bedtime helps induce sleep. In a happy menopause two-for-one deal, magnesium reduces constipation helps sleep, helps migraines, and leg cramps. Drowsy days can drag you down too. How you feel during the day is just as important as how many times you wake up at night. Daytime fatigue means your body is not getting the rest it needs to function. Don't justify daytime drowsiness as payback for running too many errands or being too programmed or having too much work to do. You cannot expect to live life to its fullest if you're not sleeping at night. So tune into these warning signs. Are you tired or lagging most days, despite a good night's sleep? Do you rely on caffeine to get you through the day? Do you notice a shortened attention span? 
Do you feel unmotivated or lack the energy to get going? Do you fall asleep during meetings? Do you notice a decline in your work performance, reluctance to participate in family activities that you once enjoyed, or neglect of certain hobbies because you're, quote, just too tired? Try the tips below, what doctors call good sleep hygiene. Reserve your bedroom for sleep and intimacy. If you have trouble sleeping, don't use it for activities like watching TV or reading. Sleep only when you're drowsy. If you cannot fall asleep or stay asleep, get up, leave your bedroom, read or engage in some relaxing, somewhat boring activity in another room. Maintain regular times for going to bed and getting up. Don't nap during the day. And if you're extremely exhausted, limit your nap to less than one hour. Please don't nap after 3 p.m. Avoid strenuous exercise within a few hours of going to bed. Minimize light, noise, extreme temperatures. Practice healthy eating. Avoid large meals or spicy foods that might trigger hot flashes. Avoid nicotine, caffeine, and alcohol as well before bedtime. Dress in lightweight clothes that breathe like cotton and natural fibers. Use a fan or air conditioning to cool the room. Practice relaxation techniques such as massage, meditation, and exercise to reduce stress. If you feel depressed or anxious, talk to your physician, nurse, or behavioral health professional. Snoring, a warning sign of serious infection. Serious illness, I'm sorry. Serious illness. If you're tired during the day, you might be waking up at night without realizing it. People with obstructive sleep apnea wake up at night because they actually stop breathing, and then they fall asleep again. In the morning, they're unaware that their sleep has been completely disturbed many times throughout the night, and they are puzzled as to why they feel so tired. Usually their bed partner is not so puzzled having heard the snore, choke, stop, gasp breathing pattern all night long. If you snore at night and are sleepy during the day, let your physician know. You need a sleep evaluation. When untreated, sleep apnea results in dangerous complications, including cardiovascular disease, sexual dysfunction, hypertension, stroke, accidents, injuries, and a shortened lifespan. I mean, the field of menopause is anti-aging because optimizing health, nutrition, lifestyle, hormonal balance helps to improve the quality of life and prolong the length of life. And so we don't want common medical conditions that we know that shorten the life to go untreated. So when do I need to see a doctor? If any kind of sleep-related problem is bothering you, schedule an appointment. Only a physician or a specially trained nurse practitioner or physician assistant in the field of menopause can help determine whether hormone therapy is appropriate for your situation, as well as whether you need a referral to a sleep specialist. Practice investigative journalism. I recommend starting a sleep journal before you go to your doctor's appointment. Record the following information. What time do you go to bed and what time do you wake up? How many times do you wake up at night? Do you fall asleep quickly after waking up? How many minutes or hours do you stay awake during the night? What is your caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, and food intake like before bedtime? 
Are there any environmental disruptions that cause awakening, like noisy neighbors, a hot room, too much bright light? Some women may turn to over-the-counter sleep aids. Occasional use is probably fine. In terms of using melatonin, anything that's over-the-counter that is not a prescription drug or a food is not regulated. So you really want pharmaceutical-grade product and... I think it's important to make sure there's a lot number and expiration date. Melatonin is helpful for some people for jet lag or time zone changes. And certainly in older people over age 67, melatonin levels can decline. The melatonin receptor agent, Arazoram or Ameltion, is a prescription medicine that acts on that receptor and is without addictive potential. The most important thing is good sleep hygiene and lifestyle changes and treating the hormonal status. I also find it personally helpful, as well as I recommend this as a very important underused sleep tip, is to have a 10-minute worry period at the beginning of the day. Now, a lot of my patients say, worry? I worry all day long. (laughs) Well, we don't want you to do that. But You want some time to so-called chew the fat in your brain, so to speak. So if something's worrying you, um, if something is something that you would wake up at night worrying about, we want you to spend 10 minutes of time in the morning just thinking about that. Not exercising, not doing other activities, just sitting and worrying and then stopping and going on with your day. I personally start my day out by looking at my calendar and organizing my day and my week and month, because that's something that might keep me up or prevent me from falling back to sleep if I'm trying to think about all the things I might not have gotten done or wondering what my plan is. There's lots of prescription sleeping pills. Ambien, Zolpidem, Tartrate um, has different metabolism in women and can sometimes have some dangerous um, side effects. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, Lunesta, Escoplicone um, is another op- option, but it has addictive potential and must be carefully monitored. One option <clears throat> that I do prescribe off-label a lot is a quadricyclic antidepressant called uh, trazodone. And it was initially studied by psychiatrists for depression And what they found was that their patients were still depressed, but they had really good night's sleep. So we non-psychiatrists many times will prescribe it solely for sleep. So millions and millions of Americans have sleep disorders, according to the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. So don't assume that any sleeping problem you have are only related to menopause. If you answer yes to any of these questions... Talk to your doctor about being tested for a sleep disorder. Are you often tired or sleepy during the day? Do you snore or have interrupted sleep? Do you kick or thrash in your sleep? Do you have trouble falling or staying asleep? Is there a family history of sleep disorders in biological relatives? Do you have unusual sensations in your legs at night that interfere with your ability to relax and fall asleep? Do you have any unusual behaviors? in your sleep, such as walking, talking, eating, or acting out your dreams? Do you have an irregular or inconsistent sleep and wake-up time? 
What is your bedroom environment like? <clears throat> you can take a sleep questionnaire and be examined, especially looking at the size of your neck and the back of your throat and how crowded it is. And you may be referred to see a sleep specialist. <clears throat> it's a good idea to make sure the facility is licensed by the American Academy of Sleep. And you can go on www.sleepeducation.com for more information. The sleep professionals may conduct an overnight evaluation or sleep study. Sometimes this is done in a sleep lab. Sometimes the setup is at a hotel. Other times it can be done in the comfort of your own home. And there's various things that are being monitored, including breathing, heart rate, and brain waves. And the treatment depends on the diagnosis, which can vary widely. <clears throat> the International Classification of Sleep Disorders documents over 80 official sleep disorders. One of the other relatively uh, common sleep disorder is restless leg syndrome. And anytime I get that history, I always check for an iron level <clears throat> because low iron can cause restless legs. And the very first podcast I did was on iron, and I'd encourage you to listen to that if you haven't. And magnesium is also frequently low <clears throat> in women, and that can help with sleep and relax the legs. And there are prescription restless leg medicines that are in the Parkinson's class of medication. So getting a good night's sleep is your important step to being strong, being healthy, and being in charge. So thank you for joining me, your host, Dr. Holly Thacker, who's the author of the Cleveland Clinic Guide to Menopause. Please subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, and Join me again back in the Sunflower House. Chapter 9 is Menopause and Sex.